be with you how I haven't gotten to walk around the building and see what all they provided for you, but I know you appreciate it, don't you? They, they, uh, uh, Dr. Jacobs was calling it the bling room. Have you been to the bling room? I don't know about that, but I'm going to have to see about that. I do know about the cupcakes. I already had one. I do know about the monster cookies. Do you know about the monster cookies? You, are you part of this fellowship at all? I know it. And you don't know about the monster. Let me tell you about the monster cookies. I have to, I have to bring Pastor Ruby in on my telling. I must. Yeah, the last time we were here, well, we've been here before, and the, and the Simons were talking about the wonderful monster cookies in the rooms. And I'm going, I don't know what you're talking about. How come I don't know what you're talking about? And so the next time I came, they made me to know what they were talking about, and they put monster cookies in our room. Thank you, ma'am. I just love that. Monster cookies are every cookie in one. Oatmeal cookies, peanut butter cookies, chocolate chip cookies, everything in one. Sugar cookies, everything in one monster cookie. Say it with me, monster cookies. And they're, when, when, when she, she makes them, they're probably about, well, I don't know, they're all different sizes. They're, they're about, you know, yay big, but they're like this thick, and they're so hearty. I mean, you chew, you know, like, and, and they're really, they're really, really wonderful. And so the last time I was here, they put three in my room, and so I sat down, and, you know, I could, I got through about half, but it is against the, it's against the law to not finish. <laughs> you never leave a dessert half finished. If you don't know how to honor something, don't touch it. <laughs> right? Just saying. So I got about halfway through that thing and realized that's a, probably about four cookies, you know. <laughs> So I thought, but, I, but, but there's one portion here, you know. So I kept going, and I go, oh. And so I, I, I got it all the way down, you know, and suffering for Jesus. And So then we go to lunch, and Dr. Jacobs and Pastor Diana's there, and, and there were several of us there. And I was thanking them for, you know, the monster cookies in the room. And I said, you know, they put three in our rooms. And I said, I mean, I could barely make it through one. And Dr. Jake says, oh, yeah, you can only eat one at a time. And Pastor Reed goes, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. No, no, excuse me. She goes, oops. Oops. So that's called our oops cookie now. That's why she prays so good. (laughs) So we came, and there was not just three of them. There was a whole container of them, you know. And only only here, only here. But only here also is the Jacobs family. And we're just so, so grateful to to, to get to come. And, you know, the thing is, is that when Pastor Lauren makes the statement that they love us, you know, when someone would say to Dr. Summerall, Dr. Summerall sure do love you, he'd go, hmm, when's the last time you sent me an offering? Because he said, love would do something. Well, I want you to know all the time the Jacobs family is sending 
uh, offerings and they're just blessing us. So when they say they love us, they're not just filling time during the service. They are, they are really, they, they're demonstrators of that love. So we're so grateful to be with you. And ladies, thank you. You came from far and wide, didn't you? Didn't you to be here? And who came the farthest? Well, I did, but. <laughs> we had, yeah, I know we have Texas, we have Tennessee and New York and, yeah, California. And, and we're, I tell you what, when there's good food being served, you'll get there, won't you? Yeah, so we're, we're so glad to get to be with you. We want to let you know of a few items back at the book table for you. Uh, you go out there, and there's five different pamphlets out there, but I'm, I've only picked up these four. But um, they're free of charge. Pick them up. On this one, it's different prayers, uh, how to pray for the nation, how to pray for your pastor, how to pray for believers. And it's, a, it's, it's at least a starting place for you. And uh, it, helps you, it helps you to pray with a purpose in mind and not just wander around in prayer and wander around in emotions, you know, and in feelings, but go and bear fruit. And, amen. And so that is out there. Then we have this one on in him scriptures. And these are just uh, certainly not all of them, but they're certainly some main ones for you to feed on because when you know who you are in him you don't get you don't have such thing as midlife crisis no such thing <clears throat> and uh, then we have this um, we have two different ones on healing this one is how to keep your healing and this one's healing just healing scriptures and confessions for you to make and so those are out there they're free of charge for those of you who are real computer savvy you can go to our website and you can download those and so those are at defrainministries.org, and you can get those. Uh, this is one of our newest CD series, Faith and Confession, Your Mouth Will Deliver You. Amen. You know, so many times people are, people are, you know, you hear Hollywood or different, different, you know, references to, you know, looking for the fountain of youth. Well, it's right under your nose. Amen. It's right under your nose. And uh, the, the word says, your mouth will deliver you. And so we, we teach you on the importance of, of faith and confession. Amen. And so then we have this one, uh, believing for miracles you've never seen before. Uh, Dad Hagen said to us in this last day eras, he said, there's going to be manifestations of the spirit that no, no one has ever seen before. And that really makes sense because... Um, uh, because we're in a, we're going to be in an era we've never seen before. It's the last great move of God before Jesus comes back, and we certainly haven't seen it in its fullness by any measure. But you know, we're in the infancy, and as, as those who will move with it, we can go further in it. Uh, but Dad Hagen said, because many will have never seen these miracles and manifestations before, many will reject them. He said because there won't even be examples of them in the Word. And, he, you know, and then he, he would point out to us, he'd say, when did Jesus ever see anyone make clay out of dirt and spittle and put it in a, a blind man's eyes? There's no precedence for that in the Bible that Jesus is following. And he talked about how Jesus did things that no one had ever seen before. And uh, he said, and because in this era we're going to see things no one's ever seen before, those who aren't keen in the spirit, are not go they're going to reject it. And we don't want to reject what the Spirit of God is doing. I said, we don't want to reject it. We want to be keen to it. We want to be sensitive to it. But then the Spirit of God began dealing with me, and I preached in this, because really the Bible is just a record of first-timers. 
since when did a man ever walk into a Pharaoh, put his finger in his face and say, let my people go? Since when? Moses had never seen that before, and he did it. And, and within, within a short amount of time, millions of people walked out because one man dared to put his finger in his face and say, let him go. And, uh, and God backed that up. And uh, the Bible's just full of first-timers. So uh, a, a precedent setters, could we say it that way? And so that's out there, believing for miracles you've never seen before. And then last year I preached 94 times uh, on the topic of abundance. 90, just 94 times just on that topic. And we took a few of them and put them in, a, in an album for you. I don't even know how many's in here, maybe eight, ten or something like that, five. I don't know how many's in there. Uh, but we took a sampling of that and put it there together for you. And the reason God's having us to deal with it so much is because there's so much available. And we have not delved in to the wealth of what's available as we're going to need to. Because in this era, there is going to be so much to fund. And we're going to have to know how to be skillful in the flow of abundance because this last day era is going to hold abundance and it's going to call for abundance. Amen. And so there's that one out there, the flow of abundance. And uh, then we have this one. If you don't have it, get hold of it, following the Holy Spirit. You need to get hold of it. I tell you, it, it, there, there's, never a, there's never a day you don't need to... You don't need to Pay attention to the leading of the Spirit. And then we have this one, peace, living free from worry. Do you know that worry is wrong for the believer? It's not an option, it's wrong. It's just wrong. <laughs> Amen. I, anybody uh, ever see, uh, well, God said to me, oh, several years ago, I've not been back this good of a student of this word, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better. God said to me, uh, I, I was talking to him about weight loss and stuff, and one day he said to me, he said, he said faith comes by hearing. And then he said this, he said, anything you want comes by hearing. He was setting a precedence. If, if faith, which is the greatest thing you can receive and grow and develop, and if, if, you, if that comes by hearing, anything you want comes by hearing. So he said, so too, if you want to do something about your body, he said, feed on something that encourages you in that area. So, you know, so I'll do that. And, you know, with the Internet and Pinterest and all these things, we have a lot available, right? We can't plead like, oh, I don't know where to get any of that. I don't know. That, that, that kind of bothers me. <laughs> because she's so young. I think, I look at that and go, I think that's a young Pastor Ruby. That's what I think that is. I know. <laughs> no, but uh, I saw that and, and they, they sent, it's a beautiful ad and I, they, I think they sent one to us. I said, I hope people don't stay, think that Nancy Dufresne is, <laughs> when they get that ad, if they never, oh my God, then I'm going to have to apologize. <laughs> But then I, I, I get, I got on, a, you, you start looking for at these motivate, these things that motivate you toward taking care of your body because you know you're the custodian of your body. You're the steward of your body. You're, you know, you're the custodian of it. 
And so I noticed these phrases like this. Weight loss. Now, ladies, don't, don't get discouraged. This is not what the sermon's about. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want you to start thinning out and go, oh, dear. There is no condemnation to those in Christ that are eating a cupcake. There is none. <laughs> no, but I, I'm, I'm just saying weight loss is not a physical challenge. It's a mental one. Okay, so I saw the, so then it goes, change your body by changing your thought life. And then it's, I saw this when you're, you're only one decision away from a totally different body. So I saw that, that all the things that we deal with in the natural, the change has to happen. You know, I know, I know this when people say, oh, I just hate to exercise. We know that they have set themselves up for struggle because you decided you hated it. And, and, you know, so I start talking, you know, different. Why? Because when you start talking different, you, you, you think different and you approach it from a different place, right? And I mean, even in the world of fitness, they know that you can't help somebody if this doesn't get addressed. Well, the word has told us that long ago. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, changing this, changing this. What are you changing it into? You're changing it into God's thoughts, right? And so I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this in terms of prosperity. Thinking right in terms of prosperity. Brother Copeland has come and been with us for the last four years in our church. Every January he comes. We're the, uh, one of the first meetings of the year he does. And we're always so grateful to get to host him. And he has come and he has ministered to our congregation on, uh, on those occasions. And he's ministered by the Spirit, prophesied to them. And uh, then on a, on a couple of times, he's ministered to me personally. And one of the things that he said uh, back in 2016 is he began ministering uh, about prosperity uh, by the Spirit. I'm not talking about a sermon, but I'm talking about uh, giving a word to prophesying to me. And then in talking about the, the supply and the provision of God, and then he ended up with this, and he said, now, God, say that to me again. And he paused a minute, and he says, okay, this is what he said. Money will be no issue for you. So now, in my confession time, I say, money is no issue for me. And I will say this, and I, I say it uh, up front and close since my husband's home going especially, I can boldly stand up here and say, money has been no issue for us. No issue. We have taken on projects that we've wanted to for years. We have just made uh, progress leaps and bounds regarding things that called for big amounts of money. And money has been no issue. And do you want to know why money's been no issue for us? Because I will not let it be here. No issue Amen. up here. Amen. And so I've been confessing that, and I say, 
money is no issue for me. And I'm not saying it to try to convince myself. I'm saying that because that's what I believe. Now, if you need to confess that to you, believe it, do. But I'm not really trying to talk myself into it. I refuse to let money be an issue for me. And uh, I was confessing this just several weeks ago. And when I said this, I said, Father, I thank you that money is no issue for me. And he said, the reason money can be no, is no issue is it can't be an issue in the way you think. It can't be an issue in the way you believe. It can't be an issue in the way you give. And it can't be an issue in the way you receive. Those four things, in the way you think, in the way you believe, in the way you give, in the way you receive. He said, if money is an issue in any one of those areas, money is an issue. So how about we look at that? All right? Because when money is no issue, you go shopping like Pastor Lauren talked about. Right? When money is an issue, you're standing behind at the counter sweating it. Or you're standing in the dressing room. I like that. Okay, can't have that one. Okay, take this one. When money is an issue for you, uh, the offering bucket is not your friend. Right? If money's an issue for you, you try to leave your wallet at home at church time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, rich is not just what, it's not just something we try to achieve, it's who we are. She read it. The blessing of the Lord, what? Since the blessing's on me, rich is on me. Rich is on me. It belongs to me. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And you know what? Rich fits me. Ah. You ever had something that doesn't fit? You go, no, this doesn't fit. I'm not wearing this. I'm skinnier than that. (laughs) And if I wear that, people are going to think I'm bigger than I am. And that doesn't fit me. Well, I want you to know rich fits us. But it has to fit you in the way you think. It has to fit you in the way you believe. It has to fit in the way you give. It has to fit in the way you receive. Amen. When when money is no issue for you is when you realize that money is to help you fulfill the plan of God. That's all it's for. That's what it's for. To help you fulfill the plan of God. That's what it's for. And you say, well, I don't know, I want a new house. That, you know what? God wants you to have a new house, so that's the plan of God. Right. Amen. 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 It's not, when I say the plan of God, I don't just mean to fund a program at the church. Yes. Absolutely including that, yes. but not only that. Yes. What is the plan of God? God's plan is this that we should live days of heaven on earth. Anything that's going to make me live days of heaven on earth, it's worth the funding. 
God says he's given us richly all things to what? If you would enjoy it, then it's the plan of God. So when I talk about money is to fund the plan of God, I'm talking about money, uh, the, the plan of God on a wider scale than most people refer to. Amen. Amen. What over there in Genesis 12, what did God tell Abraham? He says, I made you a blessing. Why? So you can be a blessing. So I'm not trying to save money. I'm trying to be a blessing. Nowhere in the scripture are we told save money. Nowhere. But we are told be a blessing. Be generous. Amen. Um, my, my, my family, uh, no, let me clarify that. I, not my family, I own a ranch in Colorado. And I have to clarify that because Stephen thinks that is his ranch. But um, about two years before my husband went home to be with the Lord, he bought this 40-acre ranch in Colorado, and we built, you know, a place on it. And um, we enjoy it a lot. And I have, a, I, I have ministers that go up and enjoy it, and I have family members, and they go up. And everybody else goes up more than we do. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay because if I had it just for the purpose of being a blessing, yes. that's a good enough reason. Amen. And so I had family members uh, in, in, in recent weeks that were going to go up there. And several family members going to take several different trips and stay up there. So I called Stephen and I said, Stephen, I understand Colorado's gotten a lot of snow. So I said, I need you to go, I need you to get someone to go up and make sure that the road from the main road to the barn is clear. And he said, Mom, that's going to that's gonna cost a lot of money. I said, I don't care. He said, well, it's hard for me to pay somebody because he said, I usually go there and do it because, you know, we have a tractor and stuff there. And so he says, I usually go and do it. And so I said, but Stephen, you're not going there. So I need that road cleared. And I don't know how, how far is that road? Maybe uh, not, a, not a quarter of a mile, is it? About an eighth, eighth of a mile from the main road to, to the house. And, but there's a stream on, on the property. And so there's a, di- a, a deep dip in the road so that, r- that can build up like five to six feet of snow uh, so that you can't even get through it, you know, if you don't clear it. So Stephen said, Mom, that's going to be about $1,000 to clear that road. And I said, Stephen, just call a guy. <laughs> and and the, the thing is, it's not that he's tight. It's just that he knows he can clear it in a couple of hours and, you know. So I, I said, I don't care. Just go ahead and get the road cleared. So he did, and he called me back, you know, several days. His mama got road got cleared. He said, the guy, it took him 16 hours to clear it, you know. He said there was ice under the snow, and, and he said it cost $1,400. He said, man, I just, I just hate that. Just, it cost $1,400. And he says, we're, he says, we're never doing that again as though it, he were paying for it. <laughs> We're never doing that again. And I said, Stephen, I will pay whatever I have to pay to bless my family. Amen. You understand? Amen. Amen. 
And I said, he said, well, mom, they're only going to be there a few days. I said, no, 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 let me say this again. I will pay whatever I have to pay to bless my family. I have a supply to be a blessing. And that blessing is in any aspect that makes me a blessing. I have a supply for that, and God will take care of that. So tell Francine to pay the guy. Now, Francine is my financial gal. You understand? Not that Francine's money pays for it, but. <laughs> so we had said this, and, that, and then not 30 minutes later, somebody called me and said, I'm sending you a check for $14,000. Notice, $1,400 I paid. Come on. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Within 30 minutes, because the money is for the plan. Know this, the money is for the plan. The plan is, yes, your local church, but the plan is anything that makes you a blessing, anything that brings you enjoyment, anything that makes life better is the plan. Amen. The plan is not just fivefold ministry or witnessing. It involves that. But the plan of God is anything that makes your life sweeter. Come on. Amen. And you don't have to, you don't have to, if I could say this, cut back on blessing you. Now, you understand the statement, people will take that out of context because they're blessing them all the time and nobody else. Well, that's because money's an issue for you. But see, when money is no issue for you, you're a blessing to you, you're a blessing to others equally. You're the same no matter who's receiving it. You're the same when money is no issue for you. And you say, why do you talk about this, Pastor Nancy? We've got to get this era funded. And if we don't think right even about money that comes into our own household, how are we ever going to fund something beyond our own household? And this is why, listen, I've pastored for 25 years. This is a, at the root of a lot of people's marriage problems and why many end up in divorce courts because they don't think right about money. They're trying to save money and they will put their marriage on the altar to do that. Amen. Out in California, I don't know that you have this here, but out in California we have these uh, fast lanes. Fast track is what it's called. And you get you a box, you know, and you load money on it. And you put that in your windshield. And then every time you go through a fast track, it subtracts that out of your account. Yeah. And so they'll have four, six lanes over here of people who are riding the, the free roads. And then there's one fast track. And they will sit there for hours, hours in California, hours to get home. So they can save $2.30 and not get in the lane. I, you know what? It's... There's, there's a reason there are six free lanes and one paid lane. Because the mentality of people is I'm saving money. I'm not trying to save money. I'm saving time. If it saves me time, I'm spending it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And this is what I want you to see. The money is for the plan. You understand that? The money is for the plan. I'm not telling you to be wasteful. I'm not telling you to be unwise in your money. I'm not telling you to spend what you don't have. And I'm not telling you to spend what you, what's beyond your faith. 
But what I want you to do is think in line with how God wants us to think. And that is in terms of thinking of being a blessing. Pastor Debbie Simons was telling us a wonderful story when I was there last week. And she was telling about a person in their church who's been a great blessing. They come and they volunteer, you know, serve in the church for a long time. But they came out, didn't they come out of a lot of poverty or something? Is that it, Pastor Debbie? And so they, they looked, you know, pretty rough in the way they dressed. You know, they didn't, they didn't have much. They didn't spend much on themselves. But they've been sitting under the teaching of the word, and they're, they're you know, endeavoring to, to stretch and grow and do, use their faith. And so this, this man said to God one day in his prayer time, said, God, I'm tired of being dressed like this. And God said something to him. He says, I'm not the one dressing you. You're dressing yourself. If you're tired of not having enough, God, God didn't have part of that. Amen. God, I'm tired of living in a house that's not big enough. Well, God didn't put you there. You put yourself somewhere. Where do you put yourself where you're okay to be? And so he, re- he recognized that in, in one statement, God said a sermon to that man. I'm not the one dressing you. You dressed you. So he went out and he bought him some suits. And he came and, and I don't even know, Pastor Debbie, when he was serving, what I don't know what kind of work he did. Uh-huh. So your publications department of the ministry. And so it wasn't a visible, you know, one with the public. It wasn't something on the platform or anything. But he started wearing a suit. Now, Pastor Debbie didn't know that all this had gone on. And he wore that for how long, a week or two? Or was it a period of time? Maybe two or three weeks. And he came with the suit and she saw him. And the Spirit of God spoke and said, hire him. Now, notice, when his mentality changed, promotion came. He had been doing that for a long time. But until it showed on the outside that the inside way of thinking and believing changed, then promotion met that. I don't know about you, but there's an error to find, and I'm going to be part of it. I'm going to be part of it. And if I'm going to be part of it, I can't carry last year's thinking. I'm going to have to constantly, constantly be renewing my mind so that my finances are constantly transformed. Amen. So uh, if, look at this. If you're putting money first, you're going to be troubled by difficulties that come. When you put God first, what is, is this what it says in Matthew 6, 33? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or his way of doing things. And all these things shall be what? Added. I, 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 there, there's a certain lipstick brand that I like. Ladies, you know about this. And the thing I really like about it is it's really quality packaging and it's got a magnet in it. So you just get the lid where if you take it off and you go to put the lid back on, you just get the lid near it and it snaps into place. 
I mean, I just get paper clips near it and paper clips are stuck to it, you know, because this magnet just when something, when the right thing gets near it, it just, this is what seek you first the kingdom of God and you'll become a magnet. Things will be added to you. When you think right, when you think right, you become a magnet. Wrong thinking pushes supply away. Right thinking, right thinking draws what it is you need for, and you won't have to do all your praying. Just get, just get your thinking right. Just get your thinking tweaked. Just straighten out the way you think so that it's in agreement with his kingdom. What do you mean in agreement with, the ki- with his kingdom? The way he thinks. The way he thinks. I, I love something that when Smith Wigglesworth was traveling in his day, the best way for him to get there, you know, they had, they had the trains. And so he got him one of those, I don't even know, I don't even know what you would call them, but one of the, the rooms where it had a bed in it and everything, where others could just sleep, you know, sit in a, in a, in a in the boxcar or whatever all night or whatever and sit up just like in a seat like an airplane. But he got him the room. And so there was a fellow preacher on the same train with him and knew a Smith Wigglesworth ministry and they had got, they had left uh, the, the station, you know, the, the evening before and then early the next morning. And then they get off and Smith Wigglesworth's been in there sleeping all night. He gets up, he has his shower, he gets dressed and he's ready to go preach. And this other preacher set up in the, in the, in the club car all night. And he said to Smith Wigglesworth, because he saw him coming out that, and he says, hmm, he said, I, I, I've been saving God's money. I don't waste it on stuff like that. And he says, I'm saving God's servant. Why? The money is the tool to bless you. Money is nothing but a tool. It is not a Lord. It's not a master. It's not your guide. It's not the Holy Ghost telling you where you can or can't do something. When God tells me to do something, I I don't wait for money to give me the permission. If God tells me to do it, I'm doing it. Why? Because money is a tool. For me to use to be a blessing. Amen. 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 Money is a, if I can get you to understand, money is a tool. It is a tool. It's a tool. It's not something to be adored. It's not something to be served. It's not something to fight over. Amen. I've never seen anyone get a divorce because of a hammer. Hammer's a tool. Yet so many have gotten divorced over the tool of money. Why? Because to them it wasn't a tool. But to us it is simply a tool to help us accomplish the plan of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So God said to me, for money to be no issue, it can't be an issue in the way you think. And this is, this is, this is the big thing. This is the big, the big place because how many of you know money is not a... Uh, uh, money is not a money issue. Money's a faith issue. Financial things are a faith issue. Amen. It, the, the word says, it, it, remember it is the Lord thy God who giveth thee power to what? To get wealth that what? He may establish his covenant in the earth. Notice, remember, remember, it is the Lord. It's not money. It's, it is the Lord. 
who, it's not money that gives you power. It's the Lord who gives you power to get money that you may establish his covenant on the earth. Now, notice this. This word, it, it doesn't even read this way, literally. It reads, remember it is the Lord thy God who giveth thee the, the power to produce wealth. Produce wealth that you may establish his covenant. So God's not just after you being getting money. He's after you producing it. Come on, it's good. Amen. You understand? Yes. Producing it. Yes. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the Spirit of God, Mashtakai, just, just raise your hands up. We worship. There is equipment that is reserved by heaven for the last day's era. And part of that equipment is an enhanced ability to produce wealth to fund the last day harvest. So when you put yourself in position and meet the conditions in your thinking, in your believing, and in your doing, then you position yourself to be a recipient of the anointing of prosperity that is particular to the last day harvest. That it's not just a prosperity that funds you, but it's a prosperity that produces greater prosperity. It's a production center in your spirit. That with your faith, with your saying, you produce something more that could never be produced without money. Without faith, it is something that will flow as you take time to not only renew your mind, but as you take time to develop the flow of generosity in your spirit. We thank you, Father. Now, I hadn't thought about that, about there's an enhanced. Now, see, prosperity is always wrong with the body of Christ, but there's an enhancement that comes in the last days to those who will uh, not just get it, but produce it. I, uh, I was, several months ago, I don't know how long it's been ago now, I was sitting in, in my home, and my home looks out over, a, um, over the lake. And on the other side of the lake is a historical building. And that historical building was built at the same time my, my home was in the mid-20s. And as I was looking out over that, and it's a, it's a, I think we found out it's about 40,000 square feet. Is that right, Margie? Do you remember? About 40,000 square feet, that building. And so I was looking out across over that lake, and, and I love the building because we don't have historical stuff, you know. And, but this building is one of the few, and it's done beautifully. And as I was looking out across that, God spoke to me and said, you want that building? And I just jumped. I said, yeah, I want that building. <laughs> and so we're in negotiations right now to get that building. It will be about a $15 million project to buy it, to renovate it, and it sits on 42 acres, and the whole 42 acres is on the lake. It's on the lake. And so God started unfolding the plan to me that this building, uh, it will be dormitories for the Bible school students. There, it, it, it's a fabulous building. I mean, have you seen these old English buildings yeah. that were 
exactly. But it is, so it's got this main section that has got two arms off of it. So the two arms will be the dormitories for the students. But on the inside, the main historical part of it, well, it's all historical, but the main part of it, uh, everybody, every, that, that building has its own notoriety because everybody knows that building. And one of the major highways dump out right in front of that building. And so I'm going to put a restaurant in there. And I'm going to put retail shops in there. And because it sits on the lake, I want a dinner boat. Come on. And I'm going to put an amphitheater outside because it's on 42 acres. We can have outdoor meetings. We can do whatever we want. Come on. Amen. And the whole prop, and then, and then I'm going to own part of it. And then I'm, I'm, I'm looking at different things. I'm looking at, you know, like, yeah, what, yeah, yeah options. So I, I, I was t uh, talking about a resort, building a resort, do, do all kinds of things. And then uh, let it fund the ministry. Yeah. Let it fund it. And then and, and let the sinners come in and eat. The wealth yeah. of what? Of the wicked. Of the wicked is what? Laid up. What Laid up. Yeah. Laid up. Waiting for, waiting for somebody to put a transaction in place. Come on. If their wealth is going to be transferred to our hands, a transaction has to happen. Yeah. 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 Come on. So what am I going to do? Then the Bible school students will live there and they will be the employees. Yeah. Now they're going to get paid, and now they're going to help us make a profit, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And then we help them to get their tuition, their room, their board. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're not just getting wealth, we're producing. Amen. 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 Now this is what God's talking about, a mindset in this era that doesn't, isn't just trying to get it, get it, get it, get it, but producing it. Because why? Prosperity is not a consumer. It's a blesser. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And prosperity mentality doesn't just want you prospered. It's just people that get around you start prospering. That you give them avenues whereby they get blessed. Amen. Now, if money's an issue for you, you won't be able to participate in this the way you could. That's right. I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about not having a limited way of thinking. Not having a limited way of thinking. And so God said to me, for money to be no issue for you, it can't be an issue in the way you think. And people think, well, you're called to preach. You're exactly right. I'm called to preach, and I know I'm called to preach, and that's first, and it'll always be first. The ministry I'm called to. But listen, there's a whole lot of people I'm hired to do my work. The Bible said that there were wealthy women that followed Jesus. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. They followed him around and their, yeah. soul, their soul work yeah. was funding him. Yeah. And yeah. I loved this, that the Amplified said they were property owners. Yeah. I said, that's me. I'm property owner. Yeah. Property yeah. owner. Yeah. Yeah. Property owner. But if your only thought is just, oh, I just got to get this paid and I'm just trying to get... Listen, there is more. Yes. If God can yes. interest you yes. in a mindset yes. that he offers you, yes. just think what you can do for your church. Yeah, come on, come on. Turn you into business owners. Yes. Amen. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That money is no issue. Say that, say that with me. Money, money is no issue for me. I will not forfeit God's plan to get more money. There's a lot of people that God's told them to do things and they don't do it because they're saving money. You, the Simons are here, uh, Pastor Debbie and Johnny Simons, and they, they bring, you know, their daughters. And every time they go, they're, they're, they're a prime example of this, that if they can go and get where the anointing is and get where God is moving, God is speaking, they will pay. They don't just bring themselves, they bring their family. Can I tell you this, mamas, get your whole family. Get your whole family around the anointing. So why? So y'all can keep pace with each other. Now, God, God has told me, you know, that different ones that is to speak into my life. And when they have meetings, I go into my financial office and I say, book me a ticket, book my sons a ticket, book my daughter-in-law. If they want to take their babies, you book us all a ticket. And I've never walked in and said, do I have money to go to that meeting? Why? Because I'm going to fulfill the plan and I'm not waiting for money to give me permission. The plan is I get where my anointing gets fed, where I, my life gets fed, my ministry gets enhanced. I'm getting there. And if, he, if this man's having a meeting, I'm going to be there. And I'm not asking the financial department for permission. So I tell her, book it. And I never ask, is the money there? I say, book it. And the money always comes once I book it. But if I don't book it, the money's not needed for it. Come on, come on. And that's why so many don't have the money they want because they're wanting the money to show up, then they'll book it. I'm not talking about writing a hot check. That's right. I'm not talking about incurring expense. I'm saying you can take steps to let God know money doesn't make my decision. Why? Because money's no issue for me. And I'm not trying to save money and say, I'll go by myself and leave all the kids home. Do you know how much that'll cost me when it comes to faith? I need my kids at the same faith level. I'm not leaving them behind in this faith journey. I need them hearing what I'm hearing so they can keep pace with me. You need your family hearing what you're hearing. Amen. You bring, why? Because, because prosperity is to produce faith. We're to, we're, we're to be producers here. Amen. On Monday morning, I never run up, never, never, never run up and say, Francine, what came in Sunday morning? I don't give a rip what came in or what did not come in. I'm doing what God told me to do. That's right. That's right. And so many people check their wallets first to see if they can do what God told them to do. Money, when I'm doing the plan of God, money has to get there. Money has to get there. Listen, God has a plan for your life. What's he put in your heart? Start taking steps toward that and money will get there if you realize that money is for the plan. Amen. It's for the plan. Praise the Lord. Say this, money is no issue for me. Now, uh, Stephen came over to the house and he said, and, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't renovated the home yet. And so my air conditioner, the, the main vent shoots all the air into the closet, you know, and <laughs> things that are real helpful like that. <laughs> when your closet is your sweet spot, you know. <laughs> so I will have, you know, like a floor fan or a, or a little area heater or something, you know, whatever's needed in the day, you know, for heat or cool. Or, and so, it's not that way everywhere, just in my room. 
it gets nowhere. <laughs> so Stephen walked in and he said, and I, and I had these air conditioners, they'll run, you know, when I'm home. And they, they do work, they just don't always shoot at the right places. <laughs> so he said, every time I come here, this thing's running. He said, how, big is you, how much is your electric bill? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, I have a supply to keep myself cool. <laughs> That's the plan of God. Yeah. In the summertime, the plan of God is that I be cool. Now, if you're going to trip over being cool in the summertime, what are you going to trip over about a mortgage for a new home? Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. And he said, and he, I, didn't real, I didn't know that, you know, I didn't know that he even thought anything about that because I talk plain to the boys, you know, I just talk plain. And so he was up preaching and he said, he said uh, well, I got my daily rebuction from my mother the other day. <laughs> and he said, he said, I asked her how long she'd been running her conditioner. She says, well, what do I care? She said, because I have a supply for that. And he says, you know, I was thinking, well, she really does, doesn't she? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yes, Stephen, I really do. And so when something breaks, anybody ever had anything around your house yes. to break or around yes. the ministry to break? And I called Stephen and I said, such and such broke. I need you to call and get somebody out of here. Well, Mom, that's going to cost a lot. I, I don't care how much it's going to cost because I said I have a supply for it. Amen. Now, notice this. Anytime something breaks down, I immediately get it fixed. Why? Because the plan of God is excellence. God will find excellence. God well, fund excellence. That's part of the plan. That your home be as excellent if you, as you want it to be. Yes. And God's supply will keep up with your standard of excellence. So, so if your standard of excellence is low, the supply for your excellence will be low. But if your standard of excellence is high, the supply of God will meet that. I said the supply of God will meet that. So if you raise your standard, the supply will raise. Why? Because the money is for the plan. And the plan of God is that you be excellent. Why? Because He is excellent in all things. Amen. You don't have to suffer and have less than. Amen. Well, you know, that broke, but I don't need it that bad. Is it excellent? I'm talking about a way of thinking here. A way of thinking. Your church needs you thinking right. Your church needs you thinking right. So that when they do things around here, you go, well, our other platform was fine. That's not the point. If our pastor wants 44 chandeliers, whatever makes my pastor happy, I'm going to be a part of funding that. Whatever makes this, whatever my pastor wants, doesn't matter to me. Because I'm here to be a funder, not a criticizer. I'm here to be a funder, not an inspector. Amen. I'm talking about a mentality that God can trust with supply. Right thinking. I said right thinking. For money to be no issue, you have to think right. I said you have to think right. Uh, can I tell you, and then for money to be no issue, you have to believe right. I believe right. Uh, when Brother Copeland was with us, he told something that happened, I don't know how long ago to him. You know, he's, he has several airplanes. 
that man has given away more airplanes than anybody I've ever heard of. We can go over to other countries and pastors will say, well, Brother Copeland bought this bus for us. Brother Copeland bought this for us. But, and and you, you hear it all over the world when you go to places because he has been a funder. He has not just been a, he's not been a consumer. He's been a producer. Yeah. He's blessing yeah. others yeah. in that. So he told that he, at one point, several years ago, I don't know how long ago, but he was in the market to buy another airplane. He knew what kind he wanted. He knew what model he wanted. And he looked all over and absolutely could not find that one. And so he went to God and he said, God, somebody has that airplane and they need to sell it. They need to. No, he said, they, they, they have it on the market, but I haven't found them. Take, bring, me, bring across my path the person who needs me to buy their airplane. He said he hadn't prayed that just uh, but a short few days later and he flew over to minister at a certain pastor's church and the pastor picked him up at the airport and Brother Copeland was saying a certain type of airplane that he wanted and he was looking for and this pastor said, Brother Copeland said, there is a woman in, in our church, her husband, I think, I think he, I'm not sure but I believe he was in the ministry and he had died. And she was really left with some financial difficulties. And he had an airplane, and it's this airplane that you're looking for. So he said, I'll get permission to go look at it. They went and looked at it, and Brother Copeland saw it, and he said, that's exactly the one I'm wanting. That's exactly it. So now this woman is, you know, a minister's wife, a widow now, and she's got this airplane she needs to sell. And so she needed, for example, she needed, so to speak, a million dollars. The plane was worth like half a million dollars. So Brother Copeland came up to her and met with her and said, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'd like to buy your airplane. He said to her, he said, what do you, how much do you need? And she said, well, Brother Copeland said, you know, it's only valued like at half a million dollars. He said, no, 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 listen to my question. How much do you need? Because he said to me, he said what he said that God said to him while he was driving over there. And he said this and he's talking to God about it. And he said, now God, she's your wife. So I'm going to be real careful with how I handle her. Why? Because God's the husband of the widow. He said, now she's your wife. So I, I want you to know I'll be real careful with how I handle her. And so he said to her, how much do you need? And she said, well, you know, the plane won't bring about a half a million. He said, no, 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 listen to my question. How much do you need? And she says, well, I need a million dollars. But she said, but the plane isn't worth that. He said, no, 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 no. And ask you what the plane was worth. You know, he's, he, he's a pilot. He's yeah. in that. He knows what the plane's worth. Yeah. 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 He said, I asked you, how much do you need? Yeah. And so he says, I will buy it for how much you need. So it was a, a lot above what it was worth. Yeah. And then he told her, I want to pay for your closing costs because evidently it's like a home. You, they each have closing costs to pay. But legally, you can't pay for the seller's closing costs if you're the buyer. So he said, so how much is your closing cost? I'll tack it on to the sale price and then pay that. So he not only blessed her with what she needed, but basically paid her to sell it to him. Type thing, you know? Now, is there any wonder 
that this man has as many airplanes, has the fastest jet in the body of Christ. Amen. When he got his Citation 10, he was like the only preacher in the world that had a new one. In the world. In the world. Is there any wonder? It's not about money. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. He said, my job was to go in and be a blessing to her. My job was not to go in and get the best deal. My job was to go in and be a blessing to her. There's, one, there's a television program on television that just, oh, I don't know if it's still on. I hope it's not. I hope it's been canceled. I don't, I, I, what is, yes, extreme couponing. Oh. Don't you believe in getting a good deal? I do. I don't believe in sacrificing my thinking to get a good deal. I don't believe in compromising my faith to get a good deal. I am not called to get a good deal. I'm called to be a blessing. I'm not called to go and rape the system so I can get something and have a welfare mentality so that somebody else can take care of me because I've had it hard in life. Now that I belong to God, I've got it good in life. You understand? I'm talking about a mentality that will hurt you. Now, if somebody's going to give me a discount, that's fine, but I'm not going to go out there and try to work against somebody so that I can get something at their expense. Because I'm not called to get a deal. I'm called to be a blessing. And if I will be mindful to be a blessing, do you know how God will bless me? Amen. I have had people in the congregation over the years that people within the congregation got at odds with one another over money issues. Somebody loaned money or somebody, they got into something, they shouldn't do that in the local church. But they did that. One, one was even, you know, called the police on and all this kind of stuff. And I just stepped in and says, I'll pay for it. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that to, I'm trying to tell you, if God, sh- if God sees me be a peacemaker, ah, I'm going to get a lot for that. If God sees me take my money and bless the body of Christ with it in a way that brings peace where there was conflict, it shows me big enough for something more. I sat at a breakfast table with Brother Norval Hayes several years ago, and he said there's not many people in the body of Christ big enough for big money. You know, when... uh, Joseph was thrown in prison. You know, his his brothers treated him real good, sold him. (laughs) Sold him. Sold him. (laughs) He became a slave, lost his freedom. He became a slave and then even even serving his master faithfully was accused wrongfully, thrown in prison for 12 years. But that whole 12 years, he had no money. You understand he was a young man when he was sold. He had no money as a slave. He's now in prison. He's got no money. But God is training him. Training him. Why? Because 12 years he sat down in a dark place, a hard place, a place he shouldn't have been in, a place that somebody else put him in. And he stayed down there and kept his insides clean. Kept his insides right. So one night, well, one morning... He wakes up in the prison 
And that night, he goes to bed second in command in a nation, running the economy of the greatest nation on earth. Why? Because his insides got big enough. And notice, it wasn't money that God trained him with. Joseph had absolutely no money of his own all that time. It's not money that qualifies you for money. It's your insides that qualify you. It's right thinking. It's how you treat people. It's how you handle everyday situations that show God whether or not you're big enough for money. When you and your husband get into a tiff over something, you're showing God I'm not big enough yet. Amen. Uh, uh, Strife will cost you. I said strife will cost you. When God sees you engage in carnal things, it shows him you're not big enough. And I want to show God I'm big enough. Inside. I'm not trying to show God I'm rich enough. I'm trying to show God I'm big enough. Amen. So money is, it's, it's not just a, to have, to, for it to be no issue. It's not just about how you think. It's about how you believe. If you believe that money makes you more special, see, you're not ready for it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, let, let me go over here. Let's go. We talk about money, no, no issue in your thinking, no issue in your believing. But what about money is no issue in your giving? It's no issue for you in your giving. Uh, I have seen when, when God, over the, over the past years of pastoring, in the last several years, I've, I've helped buy people cars, bought them cars, helped them buy cars. When God speaks to me, I'll do that. And when God says that to me, I don't run up and say to the financial department, or when he's told it to me personally to do it, I don't go in and say to my financial guy, do, is the money there? If God told me to do it, it's because the money's going to be there. Right. If it's not there now, it's going to be there. Right. Or he wouldn't have told me to do it. God's never asked me to do something I can't do. Amen. He's never instructed me to do something I can't do. Amen. Now, if he, sh- if he sees me run and check the balance to see if I'll obey him or not, then I show him I'm not ready. Amen. So I go in and I, and I, tell, I tell our financial gal, I said, uh, God told me to buy this person a car. Uh, take it out of such and such account. What's in that account? She said, well, you, say like if I needed $10,000. And she said, there's $4,000 in that account. I said, let that account show in the negative. Why? Because there's other monies, you know, in other accounts that can cover that. It's not going to be a hot check. I'm not going to write a hot check. But I said, God will put it back. God will put it back. So you leave it in the negative unless God put it back. I have seen this that, have you ever done this? You got a certain amount of money set aside maybe for your mortgage. Your mortgage is due in two weeks or something and the money's set aside. And you're sitting in church and God will say, let's say you got $2,000 set aside for your mortgage. And God will say, I want you to give 2000 to church. And I go, I don't have 2000 Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. Well, no, that's for my mortgage money. No, 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 no. If it's not due date right now, it's available. Yeah. <laughs> it's ava- I'm talking about in your thinking, it needs to be, it's available. Because many times God wants you to take what you think isn't available. 
and obey him with it because he's got more coming to you. But if money is an issue in your giving, it's because money's an issue for you. Money's an issue for you. Amen. I don't let upcoming bills tell me whether or not I can do what God told me to do. If it's upcoming, he's got a long way for it to get here. <laughs> Stephen and Morgan were, you know, buying their home. They just, they just closed on the purchase of that. And, uh, and so, um, so Stephen was saying, well, if this, if this certain transaction doesn't happen, you know, by Thursday night, that's it. It's off. <laughs> I, I, I love how he clocks God. Have you ever clocked God? We've all clocked God, haven't we? But haven't you ever noticed God doesn't wear a watch? Why? Because time is nothing to him. God doesn't live according to time. And so when we start trying to clock God by by such and such time, I need this here. So he was doing that. And it was funny because Bear, who is their three-year-old, oh, he's my buddy. But Bear has a short fuse. It's like this long. He's getting a lot better at handling it, but it's still pretty short. And so he can go from happy to, you know, real, real quick like that. And so they deal with that. Anytime they see him get a sour face or anything, Bear has to stand up, raise his hands. He has to smile and start dancing. And they make him dance. When he hits that short fuse part, he has to dance. So we were going to dinner or to lunch, and we were in the midst of getting this, them getting this house in their name. And they hit a lot of obstacles, a lot. And that went on for weeks and weeks, you know, and day after day. So Stephen was kind of getting under it. You can tell, you know, sometimes you need somebody to come give you a break, take you out of the house, yeah. take you down to this, you know, yeah. somewhere to give you a fresh air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So I told him, uh, he was saying, well, if it's not done by, you know, by tonight, 5 o'clock tonight, you know, it's it. I said, Stephen, it's not due to close till next Tuesday. I said, you know what God can do in a week? Yeah. It's like create a universe type thing, yeah. you know, <laughs> in a week. Yeah. And you've given him till 5 o'clock. <laughs> and when you say, God, my money is due, my money's due next week. You're telling me to give this now. Do you know what God can do yeah. between now and next week? If you'll obey him in the money that you had pocket, pocketed for something else, if you'll obey God, you know what God can do for you. Why? Because money's for the plan. And it was so funny because it was, it was rain outside, and we don't ever get rain. And, we, you know, and so we were having a little bit of a rainy season for us, and it was raining outside, and Stephen had, you know, he was getting under it. With, you know, giving God till 5 o'clock. And, you know, your faith doesn't work when you give God till 5 o'clock. You feel like your faith didn't quite grab hold of that one. So he, he and, I, and he was getting under it and under it. And I said to him, I said, Stephen, I said, uh, well, you know, I had to talk about the 5 o'clock thing. And then I said, I just want you to know, ain't nobody getting in my car. I said, what do you do with Bear? What do you do with Bear when his fuse gets short? He has to raise his hand. <laughs> And he has to smile, and he has to dance. And I said, if you're not dancing, you're not in faith. So I said, before you get in my car, we all dance around that car, out in the rain with our hands raised. Why? Because you decided something had to be due on a certain date, and you lost your joy over it. Yeah, that's right. And got out of faith over it. Yeah. 
How many times have we with our finances and our believing put God under a clock yeah. and says, God, we expect yeah. you to do this for us at a certain amount of time or we're going to cast away our confidence. <laughs> Money is no issue for me. Say it. Money is no issue for me. If you put God on a clock, it's because money's an issue for you. You put God on the calendar, by this time you have to have this. It's because it's an issue for you. Faith doesn't care how long it takes because faith knows it's coming. Faith knows it belongs to it. Faith knows that it's not going to lose rest over it. And I'll have to put God on a clock. Now, don't misunderstand me. There may be deadlines, but don't you impose deadlines on God. So money is no issue in my thinking. Money, no issue in my believing. Money, no issue in my giving. But how this money, no issue in my receiving? There are some people, and Pastor Lauren was referring to it during the offering, that you're worth it. You're worth it. Have you, I don't know if, if any of you, you have, the little, you have little kids, and I don't know, they have these little kid bop songs. And they take sometimes, I don't know, other songs they put kids, you know, they put little kids doing it and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? See, if you don't, it's because you haven't had kids around you in a long time. <laughs> But Bear came in because they had taken a song and they put it to a kid's song. These little kids are singing, Baby, I'm worth it. Uh-huh, huh. Baby, I'm worth it. So, uh, so Bear comes in my office singing, Baby, I'm worth it. I mean, I go into Morgan's office. He's saying, Baby, I'm worth it. Uh-huh, huh. Baby, I'm worth it. Well, that, I thought, I thought that, that, that's a good theme song. Baby, I'm worth it. Uh-huh, huh. <laughs> Baby, I'm worth it. Because there's a lot of people who cheat themselves out of abundance because they don't mind being generous to others, but they just choke when it comes over for themselves. You know why if you withhold from blessing yourself, it's because money's an issue. Come on. Amen. But God doesn't want it, to, want, you, want it to be an issue for you in your receiving. Amen. When that person called and said, I'm sending you $14,000, I don't doubt it. Send it on. I'm not a mooch. I don't drop hints to people, but when somebody gives it, I know how to receive it. Yeah, yeah. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Money, no issue in the way you receive. I remember Morgan and Stephen because they're home. I mean, it's a million-dollar home. It's a beautiful home. It's on four and a half acres in California. Beautiful home. Got a fabulous pool, one of the best pools you've ever seen with, you know, uh, it's what was got a cave and it's got a, a slide that comes off the cave. And it, I mean, it's it's I don't have any, I don't have anything like that. <laughs> but it's beautiful. And Morgan said when they went to get it, she said, I, I had to deal with the way I was raised. Because what how old are you now? Thirty one. Oh, golly. <laughs> she almost getting too old for me to hang out with. That'll bring me down. <laughs> But she said, I had to deal with myself at 31. Should I be having something like this? And I said, you know something, it would be wrong for you to sit under the pastor you sat under, because she sat under Pastor Anderson in Florida until, you know, her and Stephen got married in her early 20s. She has sat under faith teaching her whole life. She sat under my husband. She sat under me. And if you can't do better than what we were doing at your age, something's wrong. But see, so many people think because others don't, I shouldn't. Care what others do or don't, I should. I should. I'm a tither. 
Yes. I'm a giver. Yes. Yes. I've got a covenant. Yes. God's made me rich. Right. If they don't want it, I want it. Yes. And I don't, and I make no apologies for having something that somebody else doesn't have. And when they raise an eyebrow that I got it, I'll help them. I'll help them with their thinking. Amen. I volunteer to be an example of prosperity. I volunteer, I volunteer to be an example of someone that money's no issue. Money's no issue for me. Amen. Amen. I, 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 had to, I do not have very many financial meetings with my gal. I just don't. Um, not that I'm negligent, but I said, if it, ever get, if it ever starts getting tight, send me a text. <laughs> that's, that's my... And, and she's never sent me a text. Ever since Ed's gone, she's never sent me a text saying it's getting tight. It's not getting tight. Why? Because money's no issue. That's right. you, you know what that means? I don't wake up thinking about it. I don't go to bed worried about it. I refuse to worry about money. So I had to meet with her, oh, several months ago because I had to set up different accounts for other projects. So I had to meet with her, and I started seeing dollars, what was in the accounts and what wasn't, and I was seeing what was coming. And you can see when you're looking, when you're looking at those numbers, you can feel it starting to sit on you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Those numbers try to sit on you. What's coming tries to sit on you. And I could feel it, yeah. seriously, trying to sit on me. And I was only with her like 15 minutes. I make those meetings as short as I can. <laughs> Why? I don't have fellowship with, yeah. I'm not going to have fellowship with numbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Believe in that. So I could feel it trying to sit on me like you better, maybe you ought not ought to do this, maybe you ought not do that. And I thought... I know how to deal with this. I walked upstairs and pulled out my iPad and says, I'm ordering something. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> when something tries to sit on me, I violate it. Yeah, you yeah, when something yeah. tries to hold me back and tries to, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about, that, that threat, don't, 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 don't reach for more. Yeah. Because of all, I violate it. Yeah. Why? Because money's no issue for me. Yeah. And I won't yeah. let it be an issue. Amen. So no, money is no issue in what? The way I think, in the way I believe, in the way I give, in the way I receive. If anybody ought to have a nice house, it ought to be me. If anybody ought to buy the nice clothes, it ought to be me. That's exactly what your mindset should be. There's one, there's one preacher, I won't tell you who, but there's one preacher, has a fabulous home. And uh, <clears throat> fabulous home. I mean, fabulous home. And I, lo I love it. He said a guy came up to him and, stopped and said, aren't you such, such a preacher? You know, he's pulled out in front of because it's a mansion. I mean, like mansion. He goes, uh-huh. And he said, uh, he said, I don't think a preacher ought to have money like, I don't think a preacher ought to have a house that nice. He said, you shouldn't have a house that nice. I don't have a house that nice. And he said, I, I, I don't like your house. And he says, no, brother, it's not my house you don't like. It's your house you don't like. <laughs> You like my house, and that's the problem. You don't like your house anymore after you saw my house. And I, and I told Morgan, because I'm, I'm looking at this summer to start renovating on the house, and I said, I am so glad 
that I didn't renovate as soon as I bought it because now I've gotten more vulgar yeah. in my planning. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we thought this was going to be sparkly. It's going to be real sparkly. Yeah. Why? Because if, if others have it, I ought to have it. Yeah. 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 Why? Because, baby, I'm worth it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> worth it because of me I'm worth it because of him he paid too much for us to live poor he paid too much for us to live struggling he paid too much for us to have money as an issue it cost him everything so that we could have all amen it cost him everything so this one preacher who has, a ma- who has a mansion, he has artifacts, valuable antiques. I mean stuff from Napoleon. And people say, well, should a preacher have that? Well, somebody's got it. See, that's what you need to think. Somebody's got it. Why can't I be the somebody? Well, I don't need it. Your faith needs it. For your faith to grow, it has to have a goal. It has to have a desire. It has to have reach. And if you're okay with not having much, your faith won't grow much. And I'm not, it's not that you, you measure yourself by what you have, but your faith needs stretch put on it. Amen. Your faith needs a demand put on it. God does you the kind privilege of growing your faith when he gives you a task. Amen. Amen. If he offers you something, take it. I mean, when he said to me, notice he did not say to me, I'm going to give you that building. He said, do you want that building? In other words, do you want to take on with your faith what this building is going to call for? And I could have said no. I could have said, no, you want to know why? We've already got a building. We've already got a Bible school building. We've already got 11 acres that we have. It's, it's big enough at this point. And, uh, but he said, but do you want it? Why? Because until you want something, your faith won't go there. That's good. That's good. What, you, got, you have scripture for that? Yeah, Mark eleven twenty four. What things ever you desire? When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Notice faith isn't listed first. Desire is. Why? Because if you don't desire it, your faith will make no no stretch in that direction. Amen. God needs us desiring more because we have an era to fund. We have a revival to fund. We have a pastor's vision to fund. We have a local church to fund. And if we're okay with not much, we're not going to fund much. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Money is no issue. Say, money's no issue for me. It's not an issue in the way I think, in the way I believe, in the way I give, in the way I receive. It's no issue for me. It's simply a tool to help me fund the plan of God. How many of you know you're the plan of God? Yes. Funding you, your family, it's the plan of God. Yes. 
your, your comfort is the plan of God. Your enjoyment is the plan of God. Your local church is the plan of God. Your new home, plan of God. Amen. Hallelujah. As long as you stay with the plan, supply will be unhindered. It'll be unhindered. As long as you stay with the plan of God. Because the money is for the plan. I said to God, I said, because when he gave me the house he gave me, I said, now God, it's going to take all my cash to renovate that home. As a widow, is it really wisdom for me to take all the cash I have and to renovate a home when I have a lovely home I'm living in? And this is what he said to me. He said, the money is for the plan. And he said, that house is the plan. Now, notice, it was while I was sitting in the house he gave me. I went and I agreed with the plan. I got into that house. It was while I was sitting in that house that I saw the building. I couldn't see that building from my old house. You don't understand. You saying yes to one level of the plan helps the next, the next level come into view. And if I would have said no to the house, because God would have let me say no. Or if I would have said, I don't want that put on my faith. I just don't want that put on my faith. It's just, it's, I, I, don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to use my faith for that. If I would have said that, then I would have not ever seen the next plan. Because now I get to look at it every day and every day I've talked to that. See, you're my building. You're my building. You're coming into our hands. You're going to fulfill the plan of God. I talk to it every day. Talk to it. Why? Because I can see it. Amen. Amen. That's so good. The money's for the plan. Money is nothing but a tool. Don't destroy a home over it. Don't destroy a relationship over it. Don't destroy your relationship with your local church over it. Don't miss out on God's best over it. Remember the rich young ruler came up to Jesus. So what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said, do the commandments. And he started listening. He said, I've done those since birth. He said, one thing you lack. He said, go and sell all you have. Go and sell all you have and give to the poor. He didn't tell that to anybody else. So that's not a general word given to everyone. That was what was tripping this young man up. And he didn't mind you having anything. He wasn't telling the man to get rid of anything. I mean, he wasn't telling him to get rid of it so that he wouldn't have something. But if you get rid of something to obey Jesus, you're going to get more than you ever got rid of. So he said to that young ruler, he said, go sell all you have, give to the poor and come follow me. He said he went away sad. Why? Because money wasn't a tool to him. It was a Lord to him. Do you know he got the same call that Peter and James and all them got? He said, come follow, and he said, come follow me. He could have been. He could have been one of those close rank, closely ranked with Jesus, but he wouldn't because money to him was not a tool. It was his Lord. And so many people miss out on the blessing of God because they look at money wrong. They're serving it. They're sa- Nothing wrong with saving it, but you don't save it to serve it. Amen. I believe in having savings account. Absolutely. I call when I when I call out my confessions, I call my top of the barrel accounts. That's what I call them, top of the barrel accounts that I don't even have to tap into. Church has top of barrel account. The frame ministries has top of barrel account. I have a top of the barrel account. That's just for extra. Just what I, I just want to sit in there so I can look at it. Why? And then if God wants me to do something, that's ready. It's ready. Because I've got top of the barrel account, it's ready for whatever for whatever God wants to do. Amen. Amen. 
But if you're going to treat money like more than a tool, money will treat you badly. Because money has no mercy. Why? Because it's not a, it's not a good Lord. Amen. It is nothing but your tool. Amen. Hallelujah. Money's no issue for me. Say it. Money is no issue for me. Because it's no issue for me. It comes easily to me. It comes, it comes, it comes, it comes, it comes, it comes so easy. You know, Stephen said this to me, because, you know, when you're going through a test or trial, you need somebody clear nearby who can help you think clear. You really do. That's what your local church is for, because when you go, get under pressure, it can adjust your thinking. So Stephen said to me, he said, Mom, how come God is waiting so long to get this money to us that we need for the house? I said, God's not waiting so long. The devil is fighting to the very end. He's opposing you to the very end. God's not slow in getting it to you. The devil is persistent in withholding it from you. So I always say this, money comes easily to me. Even if the devil tries to oppose it, it's still going to get to me. Why? Because God is not, it's not, uh, it's not about getting him to release it. Amen. It belongs to me. I'm a magnet. I'm a magnet. When I put spiritual things first, the kingdom of God is first. His plan is first. Things just seek me out. Amen. I've never seen a prosperous Christian that didn't think right. Amen. I'm talking about Bible prosperity. It's not because they had enough partners with their ministry. It's not because they had enough attendance. It's not because their offerings were big enough. It's because they thought right. And because they thought right, the partners came. The offerings came. The funding came. Amen. Financial issues are not money issues. They're thinking issues and faith issues. Amen. Money's no issue for me. Money's no issue for me. Hallelujah. Stand with me to your feet. Father, we